Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Uh, we're in Acts chapter number 22, if you'll turn there. Acts chapter uh, number uh, 22, and eventually uh, we'll get into Acts 22, actually starting in 21, verse number 40, but uh, if you've been following along Sunday morning, Wednesday night, uh, we've been traveling with Paul for a while. Uh, we've been in Acts almost a year now, uh, traveling with Paul probably for six months, uh, these uh, last couple of missionary journeys that he was on. And uh, Paul had a perfect pedigree uh, to reach the Jews. Uh, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, he said, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, is touching the righteousness uh, which is of the law, blameless. That's Philippians chapter 3. And so, uh, a perfect pedigree to be able to reach uh, the Jews. And of course, on the road to Damascus, Acts chapter 9, uh, when he saw the light literally, uh, brought to his knees literally, um, uh, 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 when he uh, was saved uh, quite uh, uh, definitely at that moment uh, on the road to Damascus. Uh, since then, his dream, his dream had always been uh, to reach the Jew, to reach Israel. He said in uh, Romans chapter 9, uh, I could wish myself accursed from Christ uh, for my brethren according to the flesh, Israel. Uh, and then in uh, Romans chapter 10, he said, uh, my prayer and heart's desire for Israel is that they might be saved. And so uh, his dream, his passion uh, was to reach the Jews, was uh, to reach the Israelites. Um, probably the biggest problem was the divine direction that God gave him uh, was not to the Jews, it was to the Gentiles. Remember when, um, uh, and so on the road to Damascus, he was saved, and then um, uh, when he was baptized and uh, they started ministering to him. That's when the Lord appeared to him and said, uh, Go thy way, for, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles. And so uh, right out of the chute, um, it was, uh, you're going to uh, witness to the Gentiles in a great way, in a big way. Uh, it was all about uh, the Gentiles. The Lord gave him that uh, divine direction, but Paul's dream wasn't for the Gentiles necessarily. Uh, it was more for uh, the Jews. He uh, immediately went to the synagogues. He uh, convinced the Jews that uh, Jesus is the Christ, and chasing his dream, chasing his dream. And then uh, for a while, he was pushed into the backside of the deserts of Arabia three years, and uh, where the Lord taught him personally. He, Galatians 1 talks about that, where uh, he didn't see any of the apostles, except for Simon Peter, uh, any of the apostles. And then uh, when he uh, came back to Damascus, he's still convincing them. He's still uh, trying to reach them. Um, but uh, uh, there was a plot very quickly to take him down and to do him in. Uh, Damascus, road to Damascus, that's where he went into the synagogue, and now back at Damascus. Uh, that's when he was lowered in that basket, remember that? Um, uh, uh, to try to save his life so that he could, because people uh, were literally trying uh, to kill him. And so uh, his dreams, his dreams were on a collision course with God's divine directives. Uh, I was pondering this afternoon, to the Jew first, also to the Gentile, uh, it's in Romans, both times that's said. 
to the Jew first, also to the Gentile. Um, I don't know that that's the history of Christianity, and it would have been to the Jew first, also to the Gentile, uh, or a pattern of ministry, and, and it might have been that also, to the Jew first, also to the Gentile. But we know who wrote the book of Romans. It was the Apostle Paul. Uh, and so it may have just been his heart, uh, his testifying, hey, here's how I led out uh, to the Jew first, and then uh, I realized I was uh, trying to push open a door that had already been shut. Uh, and of course, the temple last chapter, we saw the door was shut. Uh, and so um, uh, he's heading back to Jerusalem, back to Jerusalem. And uh, of course, the first time uh, there, uh, Barnabas had to um, uh, help be his um, uh, sponsor uh, and say that, no, he's, he's uh, declaring boldly uh, that Jesus is the Christ. He's, he's saved like you guys are saved. And uh, uh, and, uh, and, and then um, uh, after his uh, brothers, he's basically constantly um, uh, being run out of town from Caesarea, then to Tarsus. He's finally uh, um, reaching the Gentiles more directly. But again, uh, God's divine directives were to the Gentiles. Uh, his personal dream was, was to the Jews, to the Jew first, also to the Gentile. But it seems like uh, the way he started uh, it wasn't just to the Jew first, it was almost to the Jew exclusively uh, until persecution forced him uh, to reach uh, also uh, the Gentiles. And so he's on that collision course, that collision course. Uh, was anybody here Sunday morning? Uh, just so I can take attendance, whether you were. Anyway, um, uh, remember when we talked about in Acts chapter 20 at uh, the disciples at Tyre, uh, through the Spirit, were saying, don't go to Jerusalem. Uh, and then uh, was it uh, Acts chapter 21 where uh, Agabus, uh, the prophet, uh, said, don't go to Jerusalem. Uh, and then we and they, uh, and of course we would have been also um, Luke who wrote this, and we would have also, and they uh, between the two would have also included Philip, the deacon Philip, uh, the evangelist. Don't go to Jerusalem. Uh, and so we talked a little bit about should he have gone to Jerusalem. Um, did anybody get an impression uh, of whether I thought he should have gone or not? I tried to stay pretty neutral uh, on that. Uh, should he have gone? Should he have gone? It's hard to argue against the Holy Spirit saying don't go, and then uh, the prophet saying don't go, and then uh, a deacon and an evangelist saying don't go. But, but uh, he was either incredibly stubborn or totally convinced that's, that that was what God wanted him to do. Uh, he was either incredibly stubborn because he ran right past those warning signs uh, or just totally convinced that, that that's what God wanted uh, him uh, to do. It was Caesarea where Agabus in Acts chapter number 21. And so uh, the divine directives, the Gentiles, his dream, his passion to the Jews. Uh, divine directive was uh, Gentiles. His dream uh, was to the Jews. And so uh, he finally makes it to Jerusalem, and it's almost, uh, at first, he's received gladly, uh, uh, Pastor James, and uh, you see how many thousands of Jews there are that believe, and they're zealous of the law, zealous of the law. Uh, now, uh, there's a problem, though, because there's a, a slanderous rumor going around, uh, and he thought he could squelch that. Um, I, I've uh, said it before, my friends don't need an explanation, and my enemies won't believe 
and explanation. And so Paul was basically trying to quiet those slanders. Okay, here's what you do, Paul. Uh, we know that uh, they're false rumors, but here's what's going to help. There's uh, some guys that are under a vow go in with them to the temple and take part in that vow, and then that will cry, quiet uh, the crowd. And, and obviously, we, we saw that uh, it didn't quiet the crowd. In fact, the whole city uh, was in an uproar because of a few uh, Jews that was stirring up, that was slanderously uh, agitating, and uh, grabbed him, began to beat him, were uh, tearing him uh, apart when he came out of the temple, when he came out of the temple. Uh, it's interesting to me that a Roman uh, centurion is the one that saved Paul from dying there. The irony in that whole thing. Uh, he was stubborn about, I'm going to go to the Jews, uh, almost stubborn about, I'm going to appease the Jews, uh, stubborn about, uh, uh, I'm going into the temple. Uh, in, 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 in his trying to calm that chaos, uh, it actually stirred it up worse, and uh, God's divine directive, go to the Gentiles, go to the Gentiles, specifically the Romans, we'll see eventually that, that, that it was a Gentile, a Roman centurion uh, that put him into protective custody, uh, and that's when Paul asked that, that soldier, I am a man, which I'm a Jew of Tarsus, uh, uh, of the city in Cilicia, a citizen of no mean city. And I beseech thee, suffer me to speak unto the people. And so there it is. Uh, he's wanting to know what's going on. He thought he was an Egyptian that, that was a renegade, and now he's realizing he's, he's a Roman, and I'm not sure what they're accusing you of, what's uh, causing this riot. Uh, and, and the whole city's gathered together. Uh, and, and that Roman soldier said, all right, here's your chance. Uh, and I can almost see Paul's excitement of saying, boy, this is what I've been waiting for, my dream, to reach the Jews, my dream, uh, in Jerusalem, my dream. Hey, this is my uh, chance. Put down point number one, if you will, Paul's presentation. Uh, Paul's presentation. Look at chapter 21, look at verse number 40. Uh, and when he had given him license, that's the Roman centurion, uh, Paul stood on the stairs and beckoned with his hand unto the people, and uh, when there was made a great silence, and of course, uh, it would have been in contrast to that great rioting, that, that outcry, that, that uprising, and, uh, and now there's a, a great silence. He spake unto them in the Hebrew tongue, saying, and the first thing he gives uh, is, is, are his credentials. Put that down. Paul's credentials stated. And so, uh, it's a great silence, but he wants them leaning in. Uh, it's a great silence, but he wants them to, to hear him uh, very, uh, without distraction. And so, uh, verse 1, he starts out, men, brethren, and fathers, why, we're family physically. Uh, we're family physically. He's trying to connect with them. Uh, men, brethren, and fathers, uh, hear ye my defense, which I now make uh, unto you. And, and so, he starts out, uh, uh, tugging on their hearts. I'm one of you. I'm one of you. Verse 2. Uh, and when they heard that he spake in the Hebrew tongue to them, uh, they kept the more silence. There's already a great silence, but he's having his effect on uh, men and brethren, fathers. They were family physically, and uh, he's speaking in the Hebrew tongue. They kept the more silence, uh, and he goes on uh, calming them with his credentials, calming them with his credentials. Uh, men and brethren, uh, I'm one of you, uh, speaking in the Hebrew tongue, them realizing that, that, that 
uh, he is a Hebrew of the Hebrews, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Verse 3, I am verily a man which am a, say it, a, a, a Jew. Well, I'm a Jew like you're a Jew. I'm speaking the Hebrew tongue like, like the religious Jew would be speaking also. Uh, born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in this town, in uh, this city. He's laying out his credentials, trying to gather uh, their uh, attention so he can uh, um, either explain or win them or bring the gospel uh, to them. And then in verse number three, he even begins name dropping. You ever been around someone that's a name dropper, just drops names, drops names? Hey, here's Paul. He's dropping a name. Look at verse three. There's probably not a bigger name he could have dropped. Uh, I am verily a man, which I'm a Jew, brought up in this city uh, at the feet of Gamaliel, or uh, if you want to pronounce it the way I pronounce it, Gamaliel. And so Gamaliel or Gamaliel, uh, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law uh, of the fathers, and was zealous toward uh, God. Now, uh, a striking contrast, uh, where uh, last chapter, uh, remember James when he said, thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe, uh, and they are all zealous of the law, zealous of the law. Uh, Paul said, and now there's a little bit of a nuance there, I'm not necessarily zealous of the law, uh, I'm zealous about the Lord. And, and he got the, the order right. Um, it's not going to be the tail wagging the dog. My, my heart's passion is for the Lord, uh, and that's why I want to live a holy life. It's not uh, I'm going to live uh, according to the rules because I'm zealous of the, uh, of the law. Uh, and and, and, and uh, the great commandment in the law, uh, in the prophets, thou shalt love the Lord thy God, and uh, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Boy, if you're not zealous for the Lord, it doesn't matter how zealous you are about the law, because on these two commandments, if you don't have those two things down right, everything else comes crashing uh, to the ground. And so, uh, in verse number, is it three, I'm verily a man which am a Jew, brought up in this city at the feet of Gam Gamaliel, and uh, taught according to the perfect manner of the law and uh, of the fathers, and was zealous toward God, as ye all are this day. And so, he's relating to them, connecting with them. Um, uh, he wants to make sure they're listening uh, to him. Um, uh, uh, brothers, fathers, same family, uh, speaking in the Hebrew tongue, I'm one of you. Uh, I'm a Jew just like you. I was brought up in this city. I was uh, taught by uh, Gamaliel. I'm just like you uh, are. Uh, verse number four, uh, and I persecuted this way unto death, uh, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women, uh, as also the high priest doth bear me witness, he endorsed me. And all the estate of the elders, they endorsed me, from uh, whom also uh, I received letters unto the brethren. Uh, went to Damascus to bring them which were there, uh, bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. And so, uh, after connecting with them, uh, uh, with all of those different ways of uh, speaking in the Hebrew tongue, brethren, uh, fathers, and then uh, I'm a Jew. I brought up in the city, sat uh, at the feet of Gamaliel. Uh, I'm just like uh, you are. Uh, he even goes into, hey, I even understand what you're doing with me right now, trying to kill me right now, trying to beat me right now, uh, trying to attack me right now, because I was there at one time. Uh, and so he's connecting, he's disarming, he's trying to take uh, the bullet out of the gun, which we're going to find soon, does not work at all, okay? But uh, starting out, uh, Paul's credentials 
are stated, his credibility, his endorsements, uh, he truly did li- uh, live that verse that says, uh, Under the Jews I became a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. Uh, to them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them uh, that are under the law for the gospel's sake, that I might save some uh, for the gospel's sake. Uh, which uh, explains also why, in his defense, the first thing after that introduction that he gives, put down number next, Paul's conversion story. Paul's conversion uh, story. He he gives his conversion story three times. Uh, Three times. His testimony, uh, witnessing. Now, uh, Acts chapter 9 is one of the times. That's when it actually happened. Uh, And then in Acts chapter 22, the first time he's making a defense uh, before the crowds, before the mob, uh, gives his conversion story again. Uh, And then before King Agrippa, uh, uh, in Acts 26, he gives his conversion story uh, again, almost as if he's less concerned uh, about going free, he's more concerned about them getting saved. He's less concerned about, do I stay handcuffed? Am I going to continue to be a prisoner? Because uh, he could have brought that defense if he chose to, but he was more concerned with getting them the gospel. Okay, Uh, uh, I want you to notice two things about his testimony, a time and a place, a time and a place. You've heard me say it a lot recently. Uh, When I was born the first time, there was a time and a place. Uh, let's see, November 25th, 19, a long time ago, okay? So, uh, there was a, in Fort Dodge, Iowa, uh, there was a time and a place. When I was born the second time, when I was born again, there was also a time and a place. It was uh, December 27th, 1984, uh, in the front seat of a little yellow Toyota at Lompoc Air Force Base, uh, they're outside of Santa Maria, California, a time and a place. And, and I get that. Uh, for some, it's not an exact time. Well, I, I remember growing up and I was, heard the gospel, and it was probably when I was about nine years old. Maybe not the exact time, uh, and maybe not even the exact place, uh, but uh, if, if your testimony is something like, well, I, I've just always believed in Jesus. I, I, I was growing up in a Christian home. I've kind of always been uh, a believer. You may want to circle back around and make sure that you're born again. Uh, Make sure that you've had that. Okay, time and a place. Look at it. Verse number six. Uh, And it came to pass that as I made my journey, there's the place, and was come nigh unto Damascus, uh, that's the place, uh, as I made my journey, that was the time, uh, I came nigh unto Damascus about noon, that was the time, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round uh, about me. And so uh, he takes the opportunity to get them the gospel, to witness to them uh, a time and a place. And so uh, crowd interaction, are you guys ready for crowd interaction? Uh, I just told you the time and the place when I was saved. Uh, I want you to hit me with the time and the place that you were saved. Not a lengthy, I could go into a 15-minute, you've heard that too much. Hey, Billy, time and a place. Two oh eight. That's about as specific as you can get. Uh, and Bill Winkleman uh, was the one that led you to the Lord and praised the Lord for that. Uh, Rich, do you remember a time and a place? 
Yeah. 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 Top left. It's top left. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, the connection point there would be her son is doing the sound right now. And so, uh, Adam Hockett's uh, mom, Sheila, uh, was Sunday school teacher, led you to the Lord. Time and a place. Time and a place. Uh, Randy, a brief time and a place. Give a little more because I love the story about the person that knocked on uh, the door there. Yeah, in a trailer park, right? Knocked on a door, door to door visitation. Yeah. Just a heart for people, a heart for people. Amen. Amen. So tell us the place. Tell us the place. That's awesome. Time and a place. And I promise you there's a whole lot of people. Randy was on staff here for a while, um, years. Um, and there's a whole lot of people that now have a time and a place from Randy Taylor following up and uh, a time and a place, a time and a place. Uh, Joe Kozan. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Your apartment, Char, time and a place. Pittsville, Maryland. Has anyone heard of Pittsville, Maryland? They need to change the name of that town, let me tell you. Uh, Pittsville, Maryland, and the time and the place, God save. Yeah. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. Judy. That's awesome. That is awesome, Judy. That is awesome. And praise the Lord for that. Buddy. That's awesome. Uh, we all have a time and a place. If we're born again, we may have a vague time and a vague place, uh, but there needs to be some clarity on. I remember uh, that I was unsaved. I was a sinner. I realized uh, I was headed to hell, that I needed a Savior, uh, and that's when I placed my faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, again, Linda. Yeah. Amen. And there's a lot of people that get the reassurance of their salvation, um, and whether it was five or twelve, praise the Lord that you got that thing settled. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, yeah. And that's about as clear as you can get because he definitely makes sure you're lost um, before, in, in, and until you realize you're lost, you don't realize you need a Savior. But Kristen, thank you for visiting our class today. We're so glad. Uh, let's make sure she comes back now. Wednesday. Anyway, uh, but Pete. That's awesome. So one of the things I want to, to and, and we, there's more, there's more, and feel free to shout over me if you want to get your time and place on record. Um, but uh, one of the things I want you to realize is um, it's one of the most powerful tools for witnessing that you have. One of the most powerful ways you can get the gospel to a person um, and that's Acts 1.8. We started out with that in our study. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. Ye shall be witnesses. Hey, take note, it doesn't say, and ye shall be prosecutorial lawyers. It does not say that. My job is not to convict you. My job is to witness what I saw, what happened to me. That's my job. And ye shall be witnesses. It doesn't say, and ye shall be judges. Uh, judges that that it's not mine to wrap the gavel and say, boy, uh, you're saved, you're lost. The only person that really knows whether they've uh, trusted Christ, there's fruits, by their fruits ye shall know them, uh, but there's also some that will have a whited sepulcher, uh, which indeed appear beautiful without. Uh, the only person that truly knows if they're saved is that person. It's our job to simply present the gospel, present the gospel, and one of the best ways we can uh, is by just witnessing to them uh, about what happened to us. And so uh, I know you may tire of, uh, I hope I never tire of saying uh, it was a little yellow Toyota car and I was at Lompoc Air Force Base and I remembered for the uh, first time I heard the gospel. And, uh, and so let's look at it as he gives the gospel. Look at verse number six. Uh, and it came to pass that as I made my journey and was come night in Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me, and I fell on the ground, heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And, and I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise, go into Damascus, and there it shall be told thee of the things which are appointed for thee to do. And when I could not see for the glory of the light being, uh, uh, for the glory of the light, uh, being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus. And when uh, Ananias, uh, a devout man, according to, to the law, uh, having a good report of all the Jews which, which dwelt there, uh, came unto me and stood and said unto me, uh, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked up upon him, and he said, the God of our fathers uh, hath chosen thee that thou shouldest know his will, uh, see that, uh, and see the just one, and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. For thou shalt be a lawyer, uh, for thou shalt be a judge, uh, for thou shalt be a witness uh, unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard, uh, and now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized, uh, and wash away thy sin, calling on the name uh, of the Lord. I, I also like the story because God's redeeming a whole lot of names here also, um, a whole lot of names. Um, uh, Saul, uh, Saul, uh, most would have thought of that name, King Saul, the proud, the put down, but God's redeeming that name. In fact, God changes his name. Uh, Ananias, 
uh, Ananias. Most would have thought about uh, Ananias and Sapphira, Ananias and Sapphira, uh, but God's redeeming people, God's redeeming names, and a good name uh, is rather to be chosen than great riches. And so uh, here he is, uh, the, the, uh, Acts 9, the first time the story is told, uh, and now Acts 22, the first time Paul tells that story, and now uh, a little later, Acts 26, he's going to tell that story again. Uh, it's a lot like uh, uh, Simon Peter uh, with Cornelius. He let down that sheet, uh, all uh, four-footed creatures and unclean animals, and uh, arise and eat. Uh, and it was all about that bridge to the Gentiles, all about that bridge to the Gentile. Uh, what I have cleansed, call not thou common. Cornelius, one of the Italian band, uh, what I have cleansed, call not thou common. Uh, we hear that lengthy, lengthy story uh, in chapter 10, and again uh, in chapter 11, the same way uh, Paul's conversion story, we see it in 9 and we see it in 22, uh, we're going to see it again in 26. Uh, it's almost as if God's saying, hey, don't miss the fact that uh, your testimony, uh, your salvation story is a big, big uh, deal. Uh, look at 17. Uh, and it came to pass that when I was come again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance, and I uh, saw him saying unto me, Make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for uh, they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. Uh, and of course, we've already seen last chapter, the door was shut at the temple. The door was shut. Uh, and and it, it's almost as if he's starting to realize the door was shut. And, and I said, Lord, they know that I am prisoned and beaten every synagogue, them that believed on thee. And when the blood of the martyr Stephen was shed, I was standing by and consenting unto his death and kept the raiment of them that slew him. And he said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence, next phrase, unto the Gentiles. Unto, say it with me, unto the uh, Gentiles. And so, um, uh, we have God's divine direction. He told him that in chapter 9. Uh, you're going to bear witness unto the Gentiles. Uh, and now again, Paul's even repeating that. Uh, I'm going to send the far hence unto the uh, Gentiles. That divine uh, direction was to the Gentiles. Paul's passionate dream, his passionate uh, 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 wishes were uh, to the Jews. And I do think it's worth noting that just because I have a passion to do something doesn't mean it's God's will for me to do something. Just because I'm burdened about something doesn't mean it's God's will. Uh, okay, uh, every time you take a missions trip, you're going to be burdened about that area. That does not mean it's God's will for you to go there full time. A burden is not a call. A burden is not a call. Uh, you should be burdened about a whole lot of things, uh, but God's call on your life is more single-minded, single-focused to, to one thing. Uh, you should have a whole lot more uh, burdens than where you're uh, called. And so, uh, God's divine direction to the Gentiles, Paul's passionate dream was to the Jews. Uh, and, and so, uh, head-on collision, that disagreement. But then, uh, I think number two, we have Paul's presentation. Number two, we have uh, God's perceptiveness. God's perceptiveness. Uh, what I mean by that, he's pretty smart, okay? Uh, in fact, uh, he's all-knowing, he's omniscient, Paul, uh, God's perceptiveness, and of course, uh, whether he was incredibly stubborn or just uh, unbelievably uh, wrongly convinced that uh, it was supposed to be to the Jews, to the Jews, to the Jews, uh, we're to let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. That's including myself. Let God be true 
uh, and every man a liar. And so God's perceptiveness, this is what was going to happen. Uh, this was what I was uh, telling you about through the Spirit. Uh, Agabus said, the Holy Ghost said, uh, and, and his perceptiveness uh, was, uh, the sooner we realize that God's God and we're not, uh, God's right and we're not always, uh, God's ways are the best ways, uh, as for God, his way is perfect. I think it's three verses later, and he's making my way perfect. I'm, my way's not perfect yet. He's making. Uh, he maketh my way perfect. Uh, the sooner we realize that, and so God's perceptiveness is, hey, I told you this was going to happen, uh, but then also God using this. Okay, let's look at that later, but look at verse 22. And they, the Jews, uh, this is the crew. Remember I said that uh, my friends don't need an explanation. Now, they may deserve one, and I may should give them one, but, but they don't need one if they're a friend. A friend loveth at all times. A, a friend loveth at all times. Uh, and I really don't mind events that, that give clarity on, okay, who were my friends <laughs> and who were just pretending to be. I don't mind that. You shouldn't mind that. Uh, we're all going to have times where, where it does um, split the covey, pigeons, and uh, they split. Uh, uh, friends who love at all times, uh, and then those who, okay, my friends don't need an explanation. My, my enemies won't believe an explanation. And so, verse 22, after going into all of that for 21 verses, and they, look at it, gave him audience unto this word. Uh, unto what word? Uh, they were with him when he was calling them men and brethren, fathers, uh, they were with him when he spoke in the Hebrew tongue. Uh, they were with him when he said, I was brought up in this city. Uh, they were with him when he said, I'm a Jew just like you are. Uh, they were with him when, when he spoke of the commonality, uh, but, but they gave audience to him unto this uh, word. Uh, what word was it that caused them to, uh, uh, look at the rest of it. Uh, they gave him audience unto this word, and then they lifted up their voices, crying out again, and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live. Kill him, kill him. And as they cried out, they cast off their clothes and threw dust in the air. The chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle, bade that they should, he should be examined by scourging, that he might know whereof they cried so against him. Uh, you, you talk about a reaction, uh, stopping my ears, I don't care what you say, I don't care what you say, I don't want an explanation, uh, and crying out and rushing in to attack him. Uh, what was it that, that set them off? Uh, it was that last phrase. Uh, when he was explaining how God told me, depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the uh, Gentiles. Uh, why do you think they reacted so strongly uh, when he gave them this word. Uh, why is it that you think they, that they reacted so strongly? Okay, I'll give you a, a couple thoughts on that. Um, uh, he's <laughs> reaching the unchurched, <laughs> to say the least, uh, if he's going to the Gentiles. Uh, he's reaching people that are other than, that are different than, if he's going to the Gentiles. They don't look like us. They don't think like us. They don't believe like us. Uh, he's reaching people that are different than us. Uh, and it's just kind of their religious pride, their religious pride. Um, I think it's probably more than just that. 
Uh, I think it's more their racial prejudice. Uh, their racial prejudice. The Gentiles, the Gentiles, you're going to a different race uh, uh, because they didn't realize there's only one race, and that's the human race. Uh, and in the same way, we should love the Jews and pray for the Jews and reach the Jews and witness to the Jews. In that same way, uh, we should love those that are from Iowa or Tampa or, or Maryland, uh, God forbid, uh, and Maryland. Uh, we should love them and pray for them and reach them. Uh, and an indictment on Christianity, and this is my opinion, that's why I'm saying it, uh, an indictment on Christianity is someone said, the most segregated day in America is Sunday morning. The most segregated day in a... Did I say that right? Did, you, did I say that right, right? Uh, the most segregated day in America is Sunday morning, and that's a shame, uh, a shame on Christianity for it's an all-black church or an all-white church. It's an all, it's an all, it's an only, everyone uh, looks like us. I, I think a, a, a sign that the Holy Spirit is doing work is the fact that we have 48 different nationalities at Rosedale Baptist. Um, that's God. That's God. Um, but here they are with their uh, religious pride and their racial prejudice. Hey, they were good, they were good, they were, what? Uh, when he talked about uh, God sent me to reach the Gentiles, and they really started uh, tripping up. And so, um, I, I think God used this to help Paul realize, um, I better get back to what God called me to do. Yeah, I have a passion to reach the Jews, and if I can, en route to uh, my calling, I will. Uh, but uh, I need to make sure the more I'm focusing on what I want to do and the less I'm focusing on what God wants me to do, the more frustrated I'm going to be. The more I focus on what I want to do and the less I focus on what God wants me to do, the more frustrated I'm going uh, to be. It's almost as if God opens doors that no man can shut. Uh, and it's almost as if God also shuts doors that no man can open. And we remember last chapter, and the door was shut. I, I understand physically to the temple, but symbolically, boy, hey, Paul, understand, there's a veil covering their eyes. And we shouldn't exclude them, but we also shouldn't be exclusive to them. And so your calling is to the Gentile. And for the first 10, 15 years, it seems like uh, Paul is futilely trying to kick open a door uh, that, that God has shut, or at least has not uh, opened. Uh, and now when he's realizing there's a great door and effectual opened unto me, uh, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's uh, gospel, uh, there was a door opened unto me of the Lord. That's 1 Corinthians, that's 2 Corinthians. Hey, when we start following and walking through the doors that God opens, Boy, that's when everything turns out a whole lot better, a whole lot less frustration, uh, and a whole lot more blessing of God on uh, our ministry. Okay, put down number three. Uh, we have Paul's presentation, uh, trying to calm uh, his credentials, and then giving his testimony. Uh, and then after uh, Paul's uh, presentation, we have uh, God's uh, perception, perception, I should have done that if I'm doing the shuns. But anyway, uh, perceptiveness, because he knew this was going to happen. Uh, I didn't call you to go through Jerusalem. I called you to go to the Gentiles. Uh, and on those missionary journeys, those missionary journeys, that's why 
Paul found a lot of support in the church at Antioch, that sending church, Antioch of Syria, uh, because it was a very eclectic, diverse group uh, being sent to reach a very eclectic and diverse group. Uh, and then coming back, uh, when he came back to the church at Jerusalem, it was, oh, wait, 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 oh, yeah, we agree, to what extent? Hey, be careful, how far are you going to take this thing? But when he was reporting back to the church at Antioch, uh, they were unbelievably thrilled. But uh, number three, God's providence, God's providence. Uh, even uh, in those disagreements, uh, what I want and what God's want, God wants, uh, God can still use those disagreements to catapult me, slingshot me through that open door uh, that he wanted me to take anyway. L- look at chapter 21, flip back where uh, Agabus uh, is, and we're not going to go back to Tyre where the disciples through the Go- Holy Ghost are saying, but, but, but Agabus in verse number 11 and when he was coming to us, he took Paul's girdle. Uh, my first question is, why is he wearing a girdle? But anyway, I'm just kidding. Uh, and so, an article of clothing that he had, his, his girdle. Uh, and bound, and, and probably the younger crowd doesn't even know, a girdle was something that ladies would wear. Back. And he, okay, so uh, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, uh, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle, uh, and shall deliver him into the hand of the Gentiles. And so, uh, at at verse number four, I think it was the disciples at Tyre said to the Holy Spirit, uh, don't go. Uh, And now Agabus here in verse number 11, uh, the Holy Ghost said, if you go, you're going to be bound uh, and be uh, sent to the Gentiles. Uh, And that's when we and they besought him not to go. We, Luke, we uh, maybe Philip, and they, uh, maybe Agabus, the disciples, uh, uh, besought him that he wouldn't go. Uh, but then when he decided to go anyway, that's when they ceased. They ceased from, from chirping, and then they began saying, the will of the Lord be done. The will of the Lord be done. Look at verse number 25 at how the, the will of the Lord was done. 25. And as they bound him with thongs, I'm not sure which was better, the girdle or the thong. Anyway, uh, uh, and they bound him with leather straps. Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman? And so uh, not only is Agabus's uh, prophecy, uh, the Holy Ghost said, uh, being fulfilled in exactingly in detail, uh, bound, you're going to be bound, you're going to be bound. Uh, and they bound him Uh, But then you're going to be sent to the Gentiles. It leans into that. Uh, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman, Gentile, and uncondemned? When the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, saying, Take heed what thou doest, for this man is a a Roman, a Roman, a Roman. Uh, Then the chief captain came and said unto him, Tell me, art thou a, again, a Roman? And so uh, they're going to bind you and send you to the Gentiles, uh, he said, yea, uh, and the chief captain answered, with a great sum obtained I this freedom, he said, Paul said, and, and the, the, the soldier said, and Paul said, but I was freeborn. Uh, then straightway they departed from him, uh, which should have examined him, uh, and the chief captain also examining by scourging, they backed away from that quickly, realizing he was a Roman, uh, and the chief captain also was afraid after he knew that he was a fourth time a Roman, uh, and because he had bound him. Uh, and of course, we've already seen in 19 verse 21, Paul say, saying, I must see Rome. 
Uh, and then in chapter 23, we're going to see verse number 11, uh, the Lord saying, you must bear witness, witness again, there's that word, uh, of me uh, at Rome. Uh, and then when uh, that whole court case gets hot and heavy and it looks like it's tipping the wrong way, uh, that's when Paul said, I appeal to Caesar. Hast thou appealed to Caesar? Then under Caesar shalt thou be sent. And so um, he's finally in the flow of, finally in the flow of what God's will was stated in Acts chapter 9. Um, um, uh, and should he have gone to Jerusalem or not, uh, God's providence can use even our, mis- our, our mistakes to slingshot us, to propel us, uh, to fulfill his purpose. Uh, and put down number four, and we're done. Uh, God's will is kind of like uh, the Mississippi River, um, uh, and there's times where we were at, it was a mile wide, the Mississippi River, some of the undercurrents in the Mississippi, those currents, uh, trying to swim upstream against the current uh, would wear you out, frustrating, and you would get practically nowhere. If you turned around, uh, turned around uh, and swam with the current, and swam with the current, boy, all of a sudden, that which was hard, all of a sudden becomes very, very easy. God's will is like that current uh, in the Mississippi River. Uh, For so many years, Paul was trying, I think that's why uh, even in Acts chapter 9, it's hard for thee to kick against the thorns. Uh, It's hard for thee to kick against the thorns. Hey, Paul, you're swimming upstream. Hey, turn around, turn around uh, and swim with the current. And Paul did that uh, when uh, he, he realized and started uh, leaning into what God's will was for his life. Number four, Paul's persuasion. Paul's persuasion. You say, uh, where do we see Paul leaning into uh, being uh, uh, the Gentiles, the Gentiles, the Gentiles? Okay, uh, Romans eleven uh, thirteen. 13, um, he said, I magnify mine office. And, and I think we've heard that uh, verse. Uh, he didn't say, I magnify myself. In fact, quite the opposite. He said, in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. I'm a chief of sinners. Um, I'm less than the least of all saints. And so, uh, he didn't magnify his person, but he did magnify his office. We know that part of the phrase. But the top part of that verse says, for I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am an apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. What office? Uh, as a, an apostle to the Gentiles. And so, um, it, it also reminds me a little bit uh, of the, the verse that says that finding God's will it took years for him to really lean into God's will. Uh, and it is, we, sh- didn't, we don't exclude the Jews, but, but it sure seemed like at the beginning he was going exclusively to the Jews um, until that door was shut and then Uh, God's will was fulfilled. But then leaning in, leaning in, um, I magnify my office, and the office that I magnify is um, uh, apostle of the Gentiles. Uh, God's will. God's will. Swimming against the stream or swimming with with the stream, God's will. Let me say this. Um, Kind of an indirect uh, application is the verse, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Let me say this. Um, There is a whole lot of people that uh, are trying to figure that verse out when their child is 16, 17, 18, 21, 24, and they're not headed the right way. Uh, When they're old, they'll not depart from it. 
Um, uh, and let me say this, um, uh, your teaching's not going to depart from it resonating in their conscience. Uh, your teaching, your teaching, your example, uh, it, they're not going to be able to depart from that. They're not going to be able to run from that. Uh, and then let me also say, as they're kicking against the thorns, they're, they're trying to swim upstream, do their own thing, um, uh, the last chapter of their story has not been written as of yet. The last chapter of their story, it, it, what's it say? And when they are old, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. And when they are old, am I quoting that right? Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old. Is that in there? That's right. That's in there, right? Uh, they will not depart from it. And so a lot of times uh, we try to evaluate, okay, God's will, God's will, I'm imprisoned, I'm shackled, I'm uh, being beaten, I'm being abused, and, and God's will, God's will. And um, uh, the, the final story about following God's will has yet to be written in your life. And training our children, well, man, I just don't know what to think, and I tried, and they're not heading the right way. Hey, that final chapter has yet to be written uh, in their life. And so I do think that's why Ephesians 5.18 says, be not unwise, but understanding what Ecclesiastes adds when the will of the Lord is. Um, I, I think here it would add, and how we do the will of the Lord. Um, not just what, not just what, but also when a prudent man knoweth both the time and the judgment. The judgment's the what, uh, the time, that's the when. For to every purpose there is a time and a judgment. Uh, what the will of the Lord is, when the will of the Lord is, and how the will of the Lord is going to be done uh, in your life. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.